0: You're listening to the Board to Death Binge Cast, talking TV shows and movies in easily digestible chunks.
1: Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome to the Board to Death Binge Cast, where we talk TV shows and movies in easily digestible chunks. I am Chris, and I'm being joined by nobody. I'm doing this by myself. Uh, I am going to binge the first episode of season three of. Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I'm doing this by myself because I am pretty much the only one in this house who has actually watched Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I really enjoyed the first two seasons. I enjoyed seeing the new stories, the new episodes, uh, the new content that they were putting out with every episode um, in terms of what happened between... Uh, The original pilot episode of Star Trek, the original series and the rest of Star Trek, the original series in terms of like what adventures did Christopher Pike have. Along with, you know, this other crew uh, that he ends up joining in season two uh, and in season one, throughout season one, it's uh, about uh, a war between the Federation and the Klingon Empire Uh, and you also get like a couple episodes in the mirror universe, but I don't know, maybe one day we'll all get around to doing that later on. But anyway, so where we last left off with the discovery crew is, uh, they ended up jumping into the future about 930 years into the future, uh, because discovery is carrying a sentient, like a, uh, computer virus essentially is what it is, um, on board its computer system that, uh this like uh what's the best way i can describe it like these like microorganisms from section thirty one want uh it wants to take over so uh the last episode of season two showed a it was a two-parter episode it showed a very big battle between the USS Enterprise with the USS Discovery taking on pretty much all of Section 31's ships and so they realize they're like, well, we can't really escape from Section Thirty-One, so let's jump into the future. So, um, this is what Season Three starts off with: is them being way, way into the future, uh, and uh, what will happen? I don't know. Let's go find out.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bored to Death Binge Cast. Be sure to like, follow, comment, and subscribe. And check us out on social media on Facebook and Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. You can also reach us via email at binge.cast at outlook.com. We are proud to be a part of the CKCC radio family of podcasts, available through your podcast streaming service of choice. Be sure to check out the rest of the CKCC Radio family. Real Paranormal Talk, Motivational Moves, The Stupid Sexy Podcast, Talking Tracks, Club Cafe Wrestle Talk, J. Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, and CKCC Radio's flagship show, The Nerd Table. And now, the binge is done, so let's get to the discussion.
1: And we, I mean, I am back now. Um, So it was a good start. Uh, the episode is called that hope is you part one. Um, and, um, apparently a lot has happened in the 930 years, um, going on, you know, uh, past all the other series and all the movies and whatnot from star Trek. um, So, apparently, this takes place in the 32nd century, um, in the year 3188, and apparently an event happened called the Burn, and what it is, is apparently a lot, um, a lot of the warp-capable ships were destroyed when the, their, uh, dilithium crystals exploded, so... Um, the Federation pretty much dissolved after that, and is practically non-existent, save for like a few uh, believers in it. And um, uh, so, I imagine that as the as season three it goes on, you we uh, are going to learn what caused the burn, like what happened with these dilithium crystals, why they explode. Um, but, anyways, uh, so it starts off. Uh, with a new character named Book, who is a courier, uh, and he is carrying some sort of cargo with him, he's being shot at, he's, uh, uh, being chased through a debris field full of destroyed ships, the first ship that we see in this is a destroyed Federation ship, uh, You don't really see the name of it. Like, when I saw it, I thought it was uh, the debris field from Wolf 359 from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. It's not that. Um, And as he's being chased, he is being shot at. And then the wormhole opens up from the end of Season 2. Michael Burnham comes out in the Red Angel suit that she took in Season 2 collides with his ship, and both of them co-crashing down onto this planet that is not Earth. Um, and, uh, they crash, or they crash wood in, like, two separate areas. Uh, she uses the suit to find out uh, when she is, and um, as for the, uh, the population. Um, and the suit tells her what the population is and realizes that they succeeded in their mission at the end of season two, uh, gathers up what you know, her supplies, sends the, the red angel suit off back into the past to send out another signal. If you've seen season two, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen season two, I highly recommend going and watching the first two seasons, um, to know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, Sends the suit off. She sees the smoke in the distance uh, where Book's ship has crashed. Goes on over uh, the two or she finds the ship. It cloaks and the two of them get into a fight. She has her phaser and he has basically a big knife. Um, and uh, sh- they end up stop they stop fighting they're sitting there talking and sh- that's when she starts learning about everything that happened in terms of like the burn and uh the fact that the federation is essentially gone um and she doesn't know where the USS discovery is um and so uh they end up going to this one city um And, uh, because he has to meet up with someone and it turns out it was the person that was shooting at him, um, because the cargo that he has is apparently wanted by the guy who was shooting at him, uh, and we find out what it is later on, uh, after a little bit of a a shootout you know a pretty long-standing shootout she see she finds out that uh one of the new pieces of technology that is available is um is a transportation system that is portable it's kind of like the one that khan used in star trek into darkness but way less bulky it's small it's portable it just carried around with you and um They end up. The two of them end up using a uh, that transportation system to try to get away from uh, these people that are shooting at them. Which, by the way, the weapons that they're using remind me of Mega Man's X Buster, if it was less bulky um, and could vaporize you. So they are, you know, shooting, transporting, shooting, transporting all the way until they get back to the ship. Um, and they got, you know, this group of people, including an Andorian and an Orion. And one of, because the the species was never named. Uh, if you remember the character of, uh, Morn from Deep Space Nine, it's his species. And he never talks either. (laughs) Um, and so he, book tells them Uh, the access code to get into his, to uncloak his ship and to open up his cargo hold. Um, And inside of the cargo hold is basically a big worm. It's apparently called a trance worm. And apparently what it is does is uh, when it locks eyes with you, it puts you into a trance and then it eats you. And apparently the reason why this worm is so wanted is because it is considered a delicacy. So they basically want it just so they can eat it. Um, and so the worm goes and eats everybody except for Book, uh, because he has some sort of, like, telepathic ability. He looks human, might not actually be human. He might be a hybrid of some sort. It might be technology. We don't really know just yet. Hopefully we'll find out uh, later on in the season. Um, and then, uh... (laughs) the worm ends up eating Michael Burnham. He ends up telling the worm to spit her out. He doesn't speak English. He's using telepathy and, uh, is speaking in another language. Don't get subtitles for it. So I don't really know what he said other than maybe spit her out. (laughs) So the worm spits her out. Um, and, uh, they end up going to a place where there are more of these worms. Uh, and I, I, I'm assuming that when they're not putting you in a trance and trying to eat you, I, I'm assuming that they're pretty peaceful. Because we just see them, like, frolicking around in, like, a large body of water that I'm assuming was, like, either a part of the ocean or it was a – maybe a big lake. Didn't really show that well. um, And they're basically jumping around in the water looking, like, the same way that you would see whales or – dolphins even um and so uh they go uh they end up going into going to this uh what i think they consider was a long uh lost federation outpost uh that was badly damaged but is still able to uh contain people like they're they go inside of it and it turns out there is somebody in there who uh calls himself a he's a, a federation i i guess the best way i can describe him is an employee uh and he says he said that oh you know i've been here for like 40 years my dad ran this place before me and his dad and so forth and so forth so uh she tells him you know, like, I'm actually from the past. I don't know where my ship is. I'm looking for the uh, my the USS Discovery. Uh, I came out of a wormhole. My ship did not come out with me. And so they start talking about the temporal mechanics. And it kind of harkens back to the uh, 2009 Star Trek film, where uh, the way that movie began was uh, Nero's ship, the Narada, came out. Of a uh, a black hole, uh, destroyed the USS Kelvin, and like twenty some odd years later, Spock's ship came out. Uh, it's essentially like that. So Discovery will pop up possibly in the next episode. I don't know the way the trailer for or the stinger for uh, the rest of the season uh looks it looks like it might pop out maybe the next episode, maybe the episode after that. Who knows? Um and so they um well she gives him all of her information first. I should have accidentally skipped this part. She gives him all of his all of her information it's basically saying Michael Burnham, her rank, uh science officer, USS Discovery, her Uh, officer's number, everything. And that's when he realizes, oh, she's legit. She's actually from Starfleet. She's from Federation. Um, And so uh, that's why he uh, is helping her out. So uh, right before the episode ends, he pulls out a box, well, more like materializes it, because They've introduced a lot of really cool future technology in Discovery, like stuff that uh, I'm sure Gene Roddenberry would have absolutely loved to have used in Star Trek, the original series back in the 60s. Even with motion picture, all the movies, Next Generation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because a lot of it, yes, it does look more advanced, but yeah, technology has advanced a lot since then. One of my arguments for uh, season one because everybody was like, oh, why does the technology in, uh, uh, in Discovery look so much more advanced than what it did in the original series? And this was supposed to take place before the original series. It was 1966, guys. Come on. Give Gene a break. He was using whatever he had available at the time. Like, like if, if you listen close enough in season one of the original series, you can hear the freaking uh, – the set for the bridge of the enterprise Creek because it was made of wood. So anyway, so he materializes this box that has the, uh, whatever the Federation flag was using at the time of the burn. And he says, I cannot hang this up on this wall over here. Uh, unless it's by a, a commissioned officer. So Michael Burnham tells him, Uh, you are as uh, commissioned as a... uh, You are a Starfleet officer, therefore you have the commission to hang this up on the wall over here. Uh, So they go and they hang it up. And the episode ends. Um, Overall, I think this was a good episode, a good start for um, Season 3. It... uh, I like how it went from like uh the 23rd century to the 32nd century uh and shows like what happens well after the events of you know Star Trek Picard uh obviously after the events of Star Trek Nemesis um and what happens to the Federation down the line. I know that in uh Star Trek Enterprise uh we did get to see a lot of that in terms of like the temporal cold war uh where we got to see uh the enterprise j uh where that archer was brought on board and he got to see uh a battle that was going on outside um where it turns out the zindi uh end up becoming a part of the federation at some point in time down the line. We never really see that, uh, in any of the other shows, but, um, I imagine that the Zindi were hesitant for the longest time because they consider the Federation to be more of a, uh, more of an enemy. Um, but I mean, maybe we'll see that, uh, in the next season of Picard. hoping that we see that the next episode next season of Picard um and uh yeah I think that about wraps it up um um Chris and I will see you
0: with episode two bye guys